0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Early Days podcast. A show about the hustle, the excitement and doubts, the successes and failures, the ups and downs of building a business from scratch. My name is Marin Gerov, and with my co-founder, Julian Samarji, we interview fellow entrepreneurs about their experience of starting businesses. As we're building our own apparel company and documenting our early days we wanted to go behind the scenes with other entrepreneurs and find out what their early days weeks months and years were like on today's episode we chat with mike mcgreal the founder of ceo of velocity digital a marketing agency where he works with businesses of all shapes and sizes mike is also a regular speaker at events across the uk he's also a podcaster videographer and the inventor of trees in our conversation, we learn the origin story of his marketing career, building an agency, his experience with Instagram, podcasting, and much, much more. You can check out Mike on Twitter at Mike and his work at velocitydigital.com. Now, without further ado, let's get into the show with Mike McGrail.
1: I am Mike McGrail, I'm based in Edinburgh in Scotland, and I run a digital marketing consultancy called Velocity Digital. Uh, I've been running my own business for around six years now, and I also do quite a lot of other stuff. I do a podcast called The Different Minds Podcast that launched uh, last year. I do a lot of video content and a lot of conference speaking, so I'm a busy guy, but I love what I do, so that, that makes it absolutely
0: great. Nice. You mentioned you started Velocity around six years ago. I think, if I can trace back, that's probably the first time we connected as well. It was at a time I was still a student, but it was just starting to explore writing a blog and being on Twitter. And I think that's where we connected. I wonder what was your life uh, previous to being an entrepreneur before those six years? Yes.
1: So I worked in various marketing agencies. I had a couple of jobs within what I would term as in house. So client side, uh, I worked for a music magazine. I worked for a pensions company, a massive, massive corporation, uh, but always in marketing. So I studied marketing at university and I'm one of the few people that seems to actually move forward with what they go and study. Wow. So yeah, I'm, I'm really like, um, 10 or 11 years in
0: marketing now. So I've seen a lot of things come and go and a lot of change. Right, and you've adjusted very well along the way. But what what's the what was the trigger for you to go into full time entrepreneurship? Or did you start full time, or did you start on the side? No, I went full full scale, full
1: time. Uh, so I was it was um, I was working in a large agency here in Scotland at the time, and it wasn't so much down to what they were doing, but I was just generally getting very frustrated with how social media in particular was being handled by brands and I wasn't convinced that a lot of the advice that was out there and that was being taken as the gospel was the way to do things. So I wanted to take the experience that I'd built up and just go for it. So at at that time and for a few years, I've been writing something called the Social Penguin Blog. It basically doesn't exist anymore. Um, but it was my attempt to learn as much as I could about social media. It built up a massive readership. It led to me getting asked to speak at lots of conferences, big Twitter following kind of built up, and I was quite confident that if I did go for it, I'd at least be able to capitalize on some of that personal brand, I guess. It's not a term I like all the time, but I'd built a personal brand, so I knew hopefully there would be some interest, and yeah, so I... Resigned from my job, which is quite a senior job with pretty good salary. It was very comfortable. Um, and I went for it. But it just so happens that in that year, I turned 30 years old. And my wife and I were due to have our first baby. So it was a pretty big year in my life.
0: And it was a good time to jump ship and actually, um, or an exciting time to jump ship and uh, go uh, full time completely. The Social Penguin blog, actually, I remember it. I think, uh, and um, what was the reason for you to stop, stop doing it or to transition into something else?
1: Yeah, well, there's two things. Uh, <laughs> one thing was that I thought I had to really focus on the brand for my business, Velocity. Um, so the Social Penguin did keep going probably for about the first two years, but I just couldn't maintain it anymore. And then I did something really stupid and I let the domain registration go. And the day that happened, a Chinese spam site grabbed it because it had high traffic, high rankings. So I lost the socialpenguinblog.com, which was pretty heartbreaking. Uh, and it was just a bit stupid, but I was distracted at the time. Uh, and I'd been using an email address. I wasn't checking, so I hadn't been getting any of the reminders. So uh, yeah, it, it it was a big decision not to carry on, uh, but I think with, with hindsight, it was the best thing to do to tr- to move everything to being under
2: the Velocity brand. Did you manage to save any of that content and transfer it over to the new platform, or did you kind of just leave it behind? I've still got back
1: end access, so all the content is there. I mean, some of the that content was like ranking for seriously major search terms around social media uh, so yeah I just I, I, I really blew it I could have been getting all of that search juice over to the velocity site and you know it's kind of like practice what you preach I would never ever let a client do something so stupid but sometimes you just
0: don't do it for yourself yeah. That happens uh, from time to time Oh, I wanted uh, to ask the first the first platform that you built social penguin or the only one what was it uh, WordPress. Right.
1: From day one, it was WordPress. I started it on wordpress.com. And then over time, as it started to get more popular, it was on a custom build. And uh, yeah, just WordPress all the way. The Velocity Digital sites on WordPress, my Different Minds podcast site, which isn't a great site by any means, is a WordPress site. Um, I just, it's a platform I know how to use. So I, I stick with it. And I love its SEO flexibility as well.
2: <laughs> is the, the digital agency you have, is it just yourself or do you have other people helping you around? that?
1: So I, it's just me. Um, I have a network of freelancers that I use when required. Uh, a lot of what I do is consultancy and strategic work. So I don't necessarily need people, but I do also handle some social media delivery. Um, I have in the past had a team though. There were six people in Velocity at one point and it was heading in a direction that was successful but one that I didn't want it to go in uh, because we were really just churning out a lot of social media content and I ended up just being a quality control person and I didn't feel like I was getting to do the depth of work that I, I wanted to. So I actually moved everybody on which was a massive decision. Uh, I set them up with jobs where I could I actually handed two clients to one of the, the people who worked with me and she now has a really successful social media agency with that as the foundation so that's pretty cool. Um, however I am going to scale again this year. Uh, I feel like the time is right. There's never been more interest in what I do and what I offer as a company and as an individual so I'm going to do it but I'm going to do it a little bit differently so uh, yeah keep your eye out but there's going to be a remote aspect to it. There's going to be a really flexible approach to working within the company. And I, I've i learned so much now. And I think now's the time for me really to be able to, to make this work.
0: Have you at any point experienced any pressure being responsible for having uh, all those people uh, that uh, work uh, with you, basically, uh, for your company?
1: Yeah, it's a huge thing. And I think one of the... Think, so in the, in the past, before I went out on my own, I had managed teams and you know and being responsible for developing people but it's a very different scenario when you're not only responsible for that but you're responsible for paying them and there were times when people i was paying were were taking home more money than me over the course of a year um now it's not necessarily all about money of course but that's quite it's quite difficult um especially having a family and you you just feel like you've got this immense pressure to, to pay everybody else and also but still make sure that you you can make a living out of it while trying to enjoy what you do. So I think I learned a lot of lessons around that as well, albeit it was working out fairly well. It was, it was quite difficult to motivate all the time when you're not sure how the next quarter is going to be, how the next year looks. Uh, yes yeah, interesting there's there's pressure there's definite pressure and how you deal with that is 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 really important and now i feel even just kind of two three years on from there like i'm a lot wiser i'm a lot calmer and i'm ready to to go again it's, 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 You mentioned
0: uh, that
2: really going is you a personal stage the market going in a direction you might be able to leverage? Uh sorry
1: the, the signal dropped there. I didn't hear that question.
2: Uh can you hear me now? Yes. Um so my question was because uh, you mentioned you you felt it was the right time to uh, to scale up a bit. Is that a personal development stage thing? You felt you could be able to manage that? Or is it uh, maybe some changes in in the market that you expect?
1: I think there's three things. There's um, one would be that the demand for velocity services is uh, in in a very high stage at the moment. So there's a pure business opportunity there. Um, The other thing would be personally, I feel mature enough to do it now. You know, I'm 36, which isn't young, but I'm someone who has a lot of patience, and I feel like I'm ready. Uh, and I feel like I'm ready to offer the market what it really needs right now. And at the time when I had the team, I actually think we were a little bit ahead of what the market needed. But I think we're we're re- The market's ready
0: now. As a as a prospective client, uh, I wonder what's your approach towards prospective clients or if you can, without probably mentioning names, just to describe uh, a relationship that you have and the work that you do for uh, for, for clients. Yes, yeah, so it's quite interesting. I work with
1: a lot of um, drinks brands, so alcohol brands, some global, some very well known, some startups. But on the other side of that, I do work with quite a lot of tech startups. So they're, they're quite different. Um, the relationship I try to build with a client is is 100% a, a partnership. But one of the things that I think makes me a bit different from my competitors is that when I get a new client on board, I will spend usually one to two weeks uh, on site with them. So I get to know the business and all areas within the business and various different people within the business. Before I start trying to tell them how to do their marketing, and before I start telling them how to innovate with their marketing and and what matters to them, and I don't think a lot of people do that, and that usually gets a great a great reception from prospects, you know, potential clients. When I tell them I'm going to do that,
0: uh, when you go about finding clients, I'm um, I'm curious. It's like a two parter question. How did you find your first clients when you were just starting out, and did this approach change? nowadays and how do you approach clients now? Yeah, so I was quite lucky uh, at
1: the start because even when I was employed, I would get a lot of requests for consultancy through the Social Penguin website uh, and I couldn't do those contractually. So I was fairly confident that there would be some business early on. And one of those people that had inquired was at a really large drinks brand, you know, global drinks brand. And I made quite a bit of noise about going out on my own, obviously as you'd expect a marketer to do. And they came on board within five days of me launching, and they actually that contract allowed me to to pay my to pay my uh, my bills. Uh, so that was a long term relationship, and that was the first client. And quite quickly, uh, word went around of the work I was doing for them, and I can honestly say that since then. I, I tried to work it out recently. Around 95% of every client I have won has been through word of mouth and referral from past clients. Um, now, that's not the only way that works. So somebody who have worked with me have a business associate in a different business who says, I really need some help with my digital marketing strategy. And they say, well, you should go and check out this guy, Mike McGrail that's fine, but then there's a journey from there. Because if they don't know of me, then they need to come and find out more about me. So that's where the content part comes in, the blog posts, the videos, the Velocity Digital podcast, which is asleep for now, I would say. Um, and that's where I start to build the trust, but I also try to show them how I am as a person and also give them some value. So before they even get in touch with me, they, they, they know that... They, they, they probably have a good understanding of what it's going to be like to work with me. And if they're actually going to like me, because <laughs> these, these relationships are very close at times with people who are senior in business or they have their own businesses. And that, that, that can mean that you're not just the marketing advice person. You can have to get involved and offer them advice in many ways. So it's, the first stage is a referral. Normally all of the time for me, and then that is reinforced by content.
2: It will be super interesting if you can take us through how you think about that personal content that you create. What types of content, how regularly do you do it, how do you put it out? Hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean it's, um, I used to really blog two, three times a week, uh, usually about something that was topical in social media or something that I knew people had problems with. So for example, if I was getting a lot of similar questions from clients, I would write about those questions. Um, and that's always a nice way to create content is if your prospects or your customers are continually asking the same questions, then write about them, not an FAQ, but a, you know, a, a blog post, a great piece of content. That's also great for search engine optimization. And of course, um, so, and, but last year, Uh, was the lowest year for my blogging since I started. Um, And I flipped it more to video and actually a lot of video within uh, LinkedIn. Uh, Certainly in the second half of last year, because I got really early access to the native LinkedIn video option. Uh, And I started doing one minute videos that delivered like some really clear tips and advice and they went down really well. So I'm starting to bring more writing in, though. Uh, I'm doing short posts on on LinkedIn, but I am starting to do more on the Velocity Digital blog because it's been neglected for too long.
2: And the videos, do you only distribute them? I've seen them on Twitter as well, and you mentioned LinkedIn, but do you you also do, like, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram?
1: Yeah, so these videos... um, They tend to go live first on LinkedIn now. They sit on YouTube. They sit on my Twitter page, uh, the Velocity Digital Facebook page, uh, pretty much anywhere. I don't, I talk about, like I promote them on Instagram, but I don't post a full video there because I need to look at the formatting. But um, yeah, they've gone down pretty well. Um, And I also do these kind of stupid videos. I've got two kind of alter egos. (laughs) I've got the hustle guy which is kind of a stab at this whole world of hustle, 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 and life is all about work. Uh, I think we all can work hard, but we need to remember that life exists outside your business. And then a recent guy is called Clive, the lifestyle guru, and he's perfect, and he tells you how to be perfect. So uh, those, those videos are, the reason I do those is it's a bit of a creative output for me, but I do think they've both got serious messages behind them. Uh, but I'm starting to branch those off more into the Mike McGrail brand as opposed to the velocity brands. Cause I think it could be confusing if people see a video from me, that's like, you know, all about tips for marketing and then all of a sudden they get this crazy character put in front of them. So mm-hmm. I've got a website, mikemcgrail.co.uk, which is about my speaking some articles I write. So I'm starting to really push those, those types
2: of videos through that. For the length of those videos, does it take you long to record them? Do you like plan them, write them out, then rehearse it a bit? No, the
1: whole process takes me one hour. Um So I will have the idea of what I want to talk about. I will then... Um, are you guys still there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah cool, sorry. Um, yeah, so I have that. Like the hustle guy, for example, I literally woke up one morning and I was like, I'm going to do this. And I sat down for 10 minutes and I scribbled some ideas and I thought, how's this guy going to speak? How's he going to look? I thought I'm going to put shades on him and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I put my Samsung essay on a, on a little, uh, tripod strapped that onto my monitor and I went for it. Uh, and then what I do is I take that. I, they're always, there's no editing. It's just one stream. Um, and I put a backing track on it and, at the moment, I manually do captions, which is painful, but I can basically turn the whole thing around in one hour and have it out there within that time, which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool.
2: Do you, ma- do you manage to get it always on the first take or do you do a few ones? Um, so
1: I've done a lot of uh, TV and radio work over the, the years. And I used to be called One Take Mike.
0: So
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty good at nailing something first time. With those videos i would say usually the
0: third the third attempt is the one that i will roll with right right nice so do do we assume that you never had any pressure when you were starting with video uh things like just even looking at yourself or any any weirdness that you experienced when you started transitioned more into video
1: yeah i don't i've never really i don't
0: yeah that's never really affected me um i don't know why i think i'm
1: I'm quite a confident guy. Um, I guess. What was that? Sorry. You're
0: just a natural. Ah, well, yeah, thanks. (laughs) I think. One take Mike. One take Mike. I like that one. Um, (laughs) Is there a way that uh, um, you've tried to focus to distinguish that you're in character to somebody who is not really familiar with your personal brand and drop, like is exposed to a video. Is there a clear way for them to, distinguish that this is a character this is not your real real uh you (laughs) oh well that that is difficult
1: and some people thought that hustle guy was me being uh serious and that was actually me and that was that was a little bit worrying because i was like right they can't if this is the first time they're encountering me they can't think that that's a bit dangerous for me um so in that scenario it, it was quite hard but i would just comment and say Uh, this is a character. What I've done with Clive, the lifestyle guy, he, you know, it's only two videos in the second one only went live today. But I, when I post that on LinkedIn, I say Clive is back and Clive does this and Clive does that. So I speak about him as a separate character. So it's not first person. Uh, And I think that's helping people understand that it's not really me. But last week I did freak out a little bit because I was like, right, my last two videos, one's been Hustle, one's been Clive. So I filmed yeah. one about Instagram uh, stories and I put that live on LinkedIn and that's gone down really well. So that's the right, I need to get the right mix of of value and marketing and almost like business Mike versus stupid character Mike. <laughs>
2: You mentioned LinkedIn a few times. Is that your strongest platform, the one that you're putting the most effort in? You know, only I would say in the
1: last six months of, of 2017, it exploded for me. And I think it was getting the the early access to the native video. To be honest, prior to that, it's, it's, an, it's something I didn't really enjoy much of. Um, I also got really early access to being able to write the full articles, almost like the blog platform within LinkedIn. And I was featured as one of the main influencers in the early days. And that built this huge following for me there, which I never really capitalized on, but I feel like the video has done that for me. Uh, I'm a huge, huge Twitter fan. It's honestly, Twitter is probably 65% of the reason I can do what I do now. It connected me to people in the early days. It built the audience for the Social Penguin blog almost entirely. Um, and Twitter is is still my my all time favorite, but I'm really in love with Instagram for various reasons. So, but I think from a business perspective, right now LinkedIn is the is the number one for me. What's the best type of content currently on LinkedIn? Is that video? Yeah, I think video because because they have this native feature now. They're they're I think they're they're pushing it through the algorithm a bit more. Um, right. There's a lot of terrible video out there. There's a lot of great video out there. Um, But I also think I'm seeing a lot of people having success with using the maximum character count within just like a newsfeed update, like a profile update. So it's 1,300 characters you can do in there. And uh, I've been writing these short articles using those 1,300 characters that within those, they get the entirety of the value that they need um, and I'm seeing those working really well. I always make sure to add an image and whatnot. So I think short burst text there is great and and video. I think the two of them are really important. What I tend to do is if I put something out about a topic that goes down well, so the Instagram one, I actually wrote that up as a short uh, update using the 1300 characters first. When I put it out there, it got quite a good bit of traction and I thought, right, I'm gonna make a video about that now. And the people that got involved with the video were almost a completely different audience that got involved with text. So different people, different audiences, different backgrounds, different demographics, they want different types of content delivery. So anybody really,
0: you have to test various deliveries. Nice. That's always a good advice when you're trying out new things. I would love to switch a little bit, talk about audio. It's one of our favorite uh, medium media to 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 work on and to create content for and you mentioned in the beginning that you're also the creator of the different minds podcast tell us a little bit about that and how did that come about yeah so i launched a podcast uh, probably three years ago now called
1: the velocity marketing podcast and that started out as a news show so every week it actually started out as video so every week i would do a a youtube video that would talk about the trends in social media from that week the news etc etc
2: was it just yourself or was there a guest or
1: yeah just me uh and that was quite difficult i almost used to take me about a day to do those videos so the research the writing the filming the editing blah 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 um and then somebody said to me they were like mike i think this would be better as audio And I said, you know what, I'm going to try that. And it kind of, it went places as well. I ended up turning it into an interview show. I had Rand Fishkin, Jay Bear, lots of top, top marketers on there. Um, And then I uh, I started to struggle for time. Um, And actually in 2016, just to change a little bit there, I took a job in 2016 as a marketing director in a tech startup. They approached me. I wanted to give it a go. I did it for a year. I learned a lot. I think I did a good job for them, but it really taught me that I am an entrepreneur. So I went back to that. So during Velocity, sorry, during 2016, the the Velocity podcast pretty much died out and I've never gone back to it. And then in November last year, I started thinking, I want to keep going with audio because I love audio. I've always been a huge fan of the radio, still listen to a lot of talk radio and things like that. Um, and I decided that, you know what, I'm not going to do a marketing podcast. I want to do something that just interviews people who think a bit differently, who have done things differently and have great stories to tell. And and that's what I did. And it's now five episodes in and so far it's growing pretty well.
0: I'm really happy with it. How do you go about promoting the podcast?
1: Yeah. So I, I tend to treat the podcast like I would with a client. So, uh, I try to do as much as I can with social media. Um, actually probably the quickest audience that's built up there in terms of interaction is Instagram. And I have to say it's small, you know, there's maybe not even 200 followers on there yet, but, um, you know, growing you you guys will know, but it's, it's quite hard to, to grow an audience for, for, uh, audio. Um, and it takes a while but i'm pretty confident that this is gonna this is going to be really popular and i've already had some great, great great guests on and it just got approved by spotify today so the different minds podcast is now available on spotify which opens it up to a whole new audience so that is awesome
0: that's amazing how how did you go about putting it on spotify because last time i checked It, I couldn't find figure out how to publish or to get become a partner. Can you mention a little bit about that? Sure. So I think
1: they opened up to applications at the end of last year, and I host and distribute the Different Minds podcast via Libsyn, Mm -hmm. Um, and they have an option now that allows you to push your RSS to Spotify. Uh, For Spotify to um, basically approve or disapprove it, and when I did that, it said that you'll hear you, you'll only you won't hear from Spotify basically. So if you're rejected, you won't hear, or if you're accepted, you won't hear. Uh, And I did this just a week ago, and then today, so every day since they said it should take about two weeks. So every day since I did it last week, I've been searching for the Different Minds podcast on Spotify. And then today, when I did that, bang! Up comes the logo and the two latest episodes. So that's a really cool thing. Um, I don't know how else to do it other than with Libsyn, and I think that might be something exclusive they have with Spotify.
0: It could be, it could be, because the commentation is very—it's—it's um, it's not that uh, that um, full yet, so can't find a lot of info. So it could be a private private feature, yeah.
1: Yeah and also I know that Spotify are, like the terms and conditions for submitting to it were huge it was like you have to make sure that everything you have in here is is you you have permission to use it if you're using music it has to be pod safe and da da da. Now I actually only submitted the last two episodes to them because uh the first three episodes I'd used a piece of music which what I was allowed to use it was creative commons but I hadn't recorded a credit to that. Um so I only I had done on the last two though, so I submitted those to Spotify because I didn't want to get rejected. Because I would imagine when you get rejected, they probably won't even look at you again for for months.
2: G- going forward for the near future, what are the kind of the trends or the platforms that you plan on investing more in?
1: Well, I mean, I think I think there's a huge opportunity for Instagram, particularly with stories and I'm trying to to do more of those through the Velocity digital Instagram account. But from a brand's perspective and a client perspective, I just the problem is and I, I really feel like this year could be a bad year for Instagram in many ways from a marketing perspective because I do expect that reach, uh, will be stifled more as they try to monetize it further. Let's face it, Facebook are running it. They're going to do the same things they've been doing. Um, you know, the the the, the non chronological newsfeed was an awful move, um, and I don't really know where they're going to go with that. But stories is a great opportunity because you can be present across the platform for twenty four hours. Uh, you can be in front of the people that decide to follow you with the, you know, you've got the little story module at the top. So if you're there and you're in the first four or five, then there's a good chance you're going to get a bit of attention. As long as you're doing it well, you know, I said in my recent LinkedIn video to treat it as almost like a mini documentary of your business or your life. So behind the scenes processes, the sort of stuff you guys do with Julo, mm-hmm. um, I think it's great. So I think that personally, I'll be investing more in Instagram Stories. I think all businesses that can do it well should be doing doing that as doing it too. But I feel like every year I say this, but the video, just video in general, has to be a key part of any marketing and comms uh, strategy. And that's not just two, three, four, five minute YouTube stuff. That is micro video. That is stories. That is short burst video. Um, and th- Personally, although I'm gonna start writing more, there's gonna be way more video from me this year than there ever has been.
0: That's a great note to end on, I think, as well. We wanna be respectful of your time. Uh, Where can people find out more about you and the work that you do? So, two
1: places to check out. Uh, One would be velocitydigital.co.uk, that is the business, there's a lot of content on there, there's lots of uh, info about the things I've done in the past. Also, if you check out Mike McGrail, so McGrail is M-C-G-R-A-I-L, so mikemcgrail.co.uk. That's kind of my personal site where there's some videos and some stuff about my speaking. Um, And please do check out the Different Minds podcast. Just search Google, uh, whatever, Different Minds, and you will be taken there. And uh, yeah, please do say hello to me. Twitter is mike underscore mcgrail. I'm the same on Instagram. And Hook up on LinkedIn. Just search for me because I'd love to hear from your listeners.
2: Which Instagram uh, profile should we follow for the, to check out how you're using stories? Is that a different, uh, different Minds podcast?
1: Uh, no, that's a good question. So that is the Velocity Digital one which is Velocity and then it's Digi. So Velocity, D-I-G-I uh, on Instagram. That's kind of my business uh, presence on there and that's where I'm trying to do as much with stories as I can.
2: Nice, we'll be following that and taking notes.
0: And as you just mentioned that Julian is looking for Velocity Digital, and we're documenting that on our stories. And there it is. Yep, found it. There you go. It's going to go on ours. We're going to do a little bit of Inception here. (laughs) Nice, nice. Mike, thanks so much for the time. I want to wish you a great evening, and let's stay in touch. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it and found it valuable, we would really appreciate your support by liking, rating, subscribing to the Early Days podcast. This program is produced and hosted by Dulo. We make non-iron dress shirts from performance fabrics. If you want to learn more, head over to wheredulo.com that's W-E-A-R-D-U-L-O dot and take a look at our products, our story and the journey of building the business. Until next time, bye-bye.